Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood and Flow. I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. All right, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about something that you've probably heard of before called the Terrible Twos. Um, and I have a two-year-old, so I thought I'd give some insight into this. Um, and this will grow into a couple other ideas that, that we have to talk about. But one of the reasons I wanted to start of this is because I think there's a lot of myths about the Terrible Twos. And there are a lot of things that you can do as a dad to really help kind of smooth out this process um, of just of, of your kid growing up, becoming an adult, you know. But I think a, a fun place to start would be to ask Dave, who does not have a two-year-old yet. <laughs> um, he's looking at this. Like, what do you what do you know about the terrible twos? Like, when I say like terrible twos, and like I have a two and a half year old, like what are what do you imagine? Chaos, but it already kind of is chaos. So I mean, I can't imagine it being too much worse. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's it. That's a great point. So let's just start with that. It is chaos. But to be honest, I think like I was watching Katie's, uh, Dave's wife's story the other day, and it was a 20 minute span. And I think he got into probably like 10 different drawers and stuff oh, is just dude, all so over. <laughs> and like, it's amazing, but like, you know, it's still a little chaotic and that's crazy too. Um, I think honestly, that was probably crazier than, than the two year olds stage probably um, because he has a little bit more of uh like his focus and his his uh attention span is maybe a little bit larger yeah there's there's actually a diagram in in this book and i feel like i want to uh to we should post it we'll post it um up on the fatherhood and flow site um or the blog and it basically maps out uh like a kid's attention span by their age and the age, you know, a year is just like a giant scribble. They they did this study where they had this room and they ma- kind of mapped the, the child as they moved throughout the room. And, you know, a year, it's just all over the place. And then, you know, one and a half, it's even more. And two, it's even more. But then it actually starts to focus, right? So Jude is able to focus uh, for a solid half hour, an hour on something really interesting, which... Um, is really in- incredible. Um, that's, a, but that's quite a long time. I mean, it, it really is. Look at it. So that, you know, that's kind of one side. But, you know, we'll get into that. What are what are some of the other kind of myths or things that you've heard about uh, Terrible Twos? Um, sleeping. Doesn't that start to change a little bit or is that? Yeah. I mean... For us, it's actually, it hasn't been a big thing, um, but going to sleep is definitely, they start to, they start to uh, want to stay up longer. Want to stay up. Yeah. Like they know when you say, okay, time for bed. Like they know what you're doing and they can argue with you now. <laughs> um, you know, I'll say, I think sleep, uh, what about like the tantrums? Yeah. The tantrums. Have you heard about the Man. tantrums? I don't even know how much worse it gets because Max is starting to throw him down. Max is just over a year, um, but you like take something away from him and he starts throwing a tantrum. Yeah. I'm like, okay, come on now. Well, and, and can you reason with Max? No, there's no reason. No, there's no, there's logic no, there, there's no logic. Exactly. And so this is kind of where I wanted to um, to get to talking about 
like the terrible twos and you know because i actually um i think that whole name is kind of a misnomer i mean maybe it's just to to get your expectations set but there there are definitely some terrible times in the terrible twos but what what's actually happening so there's um there's a lot of people who have who've kind of done research into this and talk about it but you know even seeing it firsthand what's really happening at this stage of toddlerhood is your your child is gaining independence right they're learning how to be a person they're starting to be able to do things for themselves learning how to put their shoes on learning how to put their clothes on right starting to be able to you know definitely ask for the things they need in a specific way um and so they start to learn about this thing that as that they've never had before which is choice you know, they start to really, really have preferences. So one of the really common things about toddlers in this age is they get really particular about what they want, right? Like, no, not those shoes. I want these shoes. So for Max, he's probably not that aware of what shoes he has. Definitely not. not right. So now with Jude, two and a half year old, he knows when he's wearing his rain boots. He knows when he wear, he's wearing his hiking boots. He knows, you know, where things should go. And he's starting to to learn and grow and develop, which is, which is really exciting. So why, I mean, with that, why do you think that this might contribute to tantrums? Well, because he now has opinions. And if those opinions differ from what you're trying to show or trying to teach, then it can be frustrating on both sides. Yeah, exactly. And that, and I think, I think you said it perfectly, right? He now has opinions of what he's trying to do. And I'll tell you what, what your toddler is trying to do is not always conducive to you um, going somewhere in a hurry. (laughs) Right? True, true. (laughs) You know, like Max, you can just pick him up and, and put him in the car and take him out of the car. Like he has, he has no opinion about that, right? Very, very true. So Jude today, um, he was he screaming at me, screaming at me, so mad, so mad about this. And what he was so frustrated with was that I got him out of the car, out of his car seat, picked him up, put him on the ground, um, and or I carried him inside and put him down, like I've done since he was born. And he's freaking out because he has just recently learned how to get out of the car on his own. And, and so he's, he's shrieking and he's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And so as a parent, what do you do? I, I think, you know, a big thing for me in this case is, is really try to understand him. So there are very, if you think about it, think about your toddler and think about all the things he's able to do, getting out of the car seat and on his own and getting out of the car is probably one of the biggest challenges he has. It's like, you know, it's almost his full height that he has to climb down and, and, you know, like there's, there's a whole element of, of challenge and learning involved in doing this. And so initially it's like, come on, just let me get you out of the car. Like you're, you're wet. It was raining. It's like, your boots are muddy. Like, I just want to help with this. Right. But to him, he's like, that was my chance. Like that was my opportunity to see if I could do that thing. And, and from that lens, it's like, oh, I, I actually, 
Like, I understand why he's mad, right? Like, if I really wanted to go do something and somebody just, like, picked me up and, and literally just picked me up and carried me away so I couldn't do it anymore, that would be pretty frustrating, especially if that was one of only a couple of things that I could do. Sure. And, well, not only that, but you think about, like, the the underlying fundamental basics that this starts to instill. I mean, it's that whole more or less entitlement where if nobody learns how to do things for themselves, they just expect things. Right. And that can apply to a situation as easy as this, where Uh he's trying to have his independence. He's trying to learn. He's trying to develop and he's trying to do these things on his own. And we as parents, I think so often it's so easy to just step in. Well, let me do it for you. Let me fix it for you. Yeah. And these kids have no understanding of development. And then they get older and older and older. And they still have not learned some of these basic principles. And I mean, you as a parent, that's such a neat thing to be able to see because you become aware to the fact that, hey, you know what? I need to just learn and watch and help and assist in this development rather than doing it for them. Yeah, I I think that's a great point, um, and and I want to I want to talk more about that um, about what you said about it kind of starting early at teaching them how to do things for themselves because I think you're absolutely right it starts at this age right but so to do that you know you you kind of need one you need to lead by example so if he gets mad and then I get mad at him because he's mad like that's not that's not good for anybody right that's not teaching him anything so like a couple little uh tips about a situation like this I think it's a good example and then I want to actually jump back into what you what Dave just brought up because I think that's a really awesome um topic that leads into some of the other things that we talk about on fatherhood and flow but just to kind of um really you know clarify some of the tips that I've learned with a toddler is one, like give yourself time to prepare for them to learn. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you know, as a parent, I think one of the things you need to learn is you know, your time is not necessarily your time anymore. You're sharing your time with your family and your kids. So whenever possible, build time in, like if you think it normally takes you 10 minutes to get ready to go, Give yourself 20 minutes so that your toddler can put his shoes on or at least try for a while. Let Mm -hmm. him try. And there's going to be a lot of things that they want to do. And you're going to know, like, he's not going to be able to do this. But you're going to be proved wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be so excited when you are proved wrong because it's so impressive when they figure these things out. So that's one thing. Like, build time in and really think about, okay, what, what are just these kind of average things that sometimes as parents we just want to rush through? Like, I'll put on the shoes and do this and climb in the car. Okay, I'm just going to put you in the car. But, you know, build time in to let them explore. And then the other thing, when the tantrums do happen, which they will, first, before anything else, before you try to say, oh, well, that's okay, or oh, you didn't need to do that, or before explaining your behavior, just show your toddler that you understand them. There's actually this thing called Toddlerese in this awesome book, Happiest uh, Toddler on the Block. Um... And it's, it's just reiterating how they feel. So, you know, when I realized my mistake and that I just pulled Jude out of the car and taken away this opportunity for him, you know, I was like, oh, like, oh, Jude, like, are you, are you mad? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're, you're mad at daddy. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, okay. Are you, are you mad because you wanted to climb out on your own? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, like, I'm sorry. Next time I'll give you a chance. And 
honestly, the most important thing there is just acknowledging how they feel. And you can be amazed at how well this works is when, when your kids get upset at anything. And I think this, this works even younger than two, as soon as you can kind of start to communicate with them, show them why, show them that you understand why they're upset. Cause a lot of the time they just want to tell you, Hey, that, that made me upset. You know what I mean? Um, right. So and they just want to be understood, right? And I think we rush past that whole entire point. Yeah. Because we have our own one track mind as an adult and our child just wants to, they just want to be understood. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't we all, right? We do. I mean, I don't think that ever changes really. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, those are kind of my, my, my fundamental, um, tips, you know, set up an environment and a, and a, a schedule that works for you and your kids so that they have the ability to learn. Um, and in these little, little times that you might think are just kind of, um, just, you know, day to day, right. Are really good opportunities for them to learn. Um, and then also just showing them that you understand, but I want to go back now, uh, to what you were talking about. And I want to hear a little bit more about, what you're thinking around, like, why is it important to teach um, them how to do it on their own at such an early age? Like, why is this, why is this such an important part of, um, of raising kids? Well, I think it really comes down to the fact that, you know, you look at society as a whole today and there's so many good things and things are so easy now. I mean, we talked about the, the one episode where, you know, social media and technology and everything's at our fingertips. And you really, you almost take away independence as well as decision-making abilities when you don't allow your child to do something on their own. And I think the earlier that, I mean, it's kind of like, you remember when we were on the hike at the lake, like early, early episode, um, and Jude was just playing around and, you know, we had the conversation of the fact that sometimes you just have to uh, assume that they know what they're doing. Mm, yeah. And I think that goes back to the same thing. Like we need to just take this idea of assuming that our children know exactly what it is that they're doing, allow them to be independent, allow them to make the decisions on their own and learn. I mean, this is basic critical thinking skills that we're taking away from them and we're enabling them if we don't allow them to make some of these decisions on their own if yeah. we don't allow to teach these basic fundamental principles because it's just like habits right we talked about habits too where you have to build habits and it takes time to build habits and you can build bad habits and they're harder to break so why not just start fresh with good habits in the beginning yeah i i totally agree um that is i think one of the biggest things of of raising kids, especially at a, at an early age. Cause at, at such an early age, you kind of doubt their abilities. It's like, Oh, they're only one. I, I shouldn't expect them to do this, but there have been many times. And I think we've talked about this before. There have been many times where, um, I asked Jude to do something and he kind of just looks at me <laughs> and I have a choice. I could either a assume that he does not know what I'm talking about and I could take away his ability to make a choice and I could just jump in and do it for him because I've made an assumption that he doesn't understand it. Or like you said, I stick with 
that, okay, I'm going to assume that he does know what I'm talking about. I'm going to assume that he is capable of making a choice right now and, and handling the situation. Maybe he just needs a little bit extra of a push. So, you know, I just ask him the question again. Mm-hmm. And maybe make it clear, like, hey, I want you to do this. Like, I'm not going to give you the answer. And I'm amazed at what he's able to do when I give him the space to do that. Mm-hmm. It, you almost need to t- take a back seat, right? Like, have you ever been in a in a meeting room um, or on a team with somebody who is crazy smart but super quiet? Totally. The observer. How do you, the observer. How do you make sure that that person has a voice? You have to give them the space because that person, most likely, they're going to observe and they're not going to say anything unless they're given the opportunity to do so. And when they do, you're just blown away by what they have to say. Nine yeah. times out of ten. It, and they're not necessarily the person who's going to take the space. Nope. They don't, they, they don't need to. They don't need the uh, attention. They don't need any of the uh, – what's that? They just, they don't need it. They don't need the attention or the space or anything else, but they have good insight. They just, there's no reason for them to step up because somebody else is more of a, you know, dominant role, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there are personality traits that will sway people one way or the other, Mm -hmm. but I think as a parent, you can help your kids feel like they they can make a decision because I think it's one thing to be naturally introverted and maybe not want to jump in. Right. And that's fine. But if you're sitting back in a meeting because you feel like you're not qualified to make a decision or you're, you're not capable. And so especially in a business setting, right. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, if you're looking at a blank page and you're supposed to write a business plan, there's a, there's a level of, of self-efficacy or self-confidence that you need to have about handling ambiguous situations. Well, for a toddler, you know, getting in and out of the car is, you know, about as challenging as, you know, sitting down and writing a business plan. Totally true. You and know it's what I mean? Their chance to shine if they're given the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a hard it's a hard line to walk as a parent, right? Because even today I'm like, okay, he's a mess. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> get mud all over the car. So, oh, I took his rain boots off for him. And he really wanted these boots are the first boots that uh, first pair of shoes he can really consistently take on and off by himself. Right. Right. So putting his putting his boots on for him is is kind of an issue. And for me, I'm like, come on, let's go. But that's me. And I need to realize when I'm getting in the way of his opportunity to learn. Right. If my impatience is causing me to jump in, you know, that's compromising his opportunity. Yeah, which, you know, you make a really good point because if you think about it, like how often do we steal the opportunity to grow because we have our own agenda that we're trying to achieve? Yeah, I think it happens more often than we'd like. Probably, and we don't even realize it. You know, unless you start to become aware and you start really analyzing and thinking about it, uh, you probably have tons of these things happen every day. And, you know, these things happen to us every day. And so it's kind of like this vicious cycle where we just do it because that's what we do and we don't even realize. But why not take the step to really think outside the box and change something? Uh, Because we know certain things work in life, but at the same time, 
sometimes the out of the box thinking helps us go to a completely different level than we ever thought possible. Yeah, I totally agree. And so, you know, what if there is a way that we could take that and instead of as parents, you know, almost recognize when we tend to jump in and maybe close doors a little bit. Um, and what if we can actually just translate that into opening up doors, inspiring creativity, um, and teaching, teaching kids how to, how to handle that. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's the goal. And that's, um, one of the big things about fatherhood and flow that, I mean, we were talking about last week. Yeah. It's been fun to kind of see how all of these conversations have led up to this point and they just continue to grow and build upon each other. But, you know, I think that really is that whole root fundamental opportunity that's available and it'll be fun to kind of see where it is that we go. I mean, I started researching different areas, you know, are there any places out there that teach some of these critical thinking skills? Are there schools, you know, that teach entrepreneurship principles and business principles and, you know, how do you really develop something that creates more of this self-reliant aspect instead of being so dependent and so reliant upon other people where, I mean, we have so many skills and so many gifts available to us that we don't take advantage of. Yeah. But you know, the one thing that you can't find on the internet huh. is the intrinsic drive and belief that you can tackle difficult problems and Absolutely. solve ambiguous challenges. Absolutely. That's something that's, you have to learn and you have to develop over right. years. And if you learn that from a very young age, think how much different your life would be. And I mean, I think you and I kind of are in a different boat where we've had opportunities to learn that from an earlier age, uh -huh. but think how much different our children would be if they had the opportunity to go through that now and learn those critical yeah. thinking skills. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for all the listeners out there, this is something that Dave and I are really excited about. We're going to be um, talking a lot more about things like this as well. How do you, how do you kind of help, help your kids grow to be able to, uh, I guess, really create the future, create their future. Well, solve problems. This is the next generation of solving problems, right? The, the, some of the issues and the problems that we're creating in our day and age, our children are going to be the ones that are going to have to come up with solutions to those problems. Yep. Raising a, a new generation of problem solvers. Yep, exactly. Yep, awesome. Well, that about does it on time for uh, this episode. Um, I'm really excited for the next one. It's going to be great. It's been fun, man. I can't wait to see where uh, we continue to go with this. Great. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening.